the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Living on the Rock Radio with Pastor Israel Labson. Here you will hear teaching that will challenge you to a deeper walk with Jesus. Whatever place you are in your understanding of God's plan for your life, you will grow closer by listening. No shame, no guilt, and no condemnation. But you will be challenged to a closer walk with God. Now here's Pastor Israel with today's teaching. Our text is taken. We have two scriptures this morning taken first from uh, Luke chapter 19, verses 37 to 44, and then Matthew 21, 18 to 22. The title of the message, Joy in Jesus, the Mark of True Conversion. We begin with Luke 19. When he came near the place where the road goes down to the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of disciples began joyfully to praise God in loud voices for all the miracles they had seen. Blessed is the the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. I tell you, he replied, If they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. As he approached Jerusalem and saw the city, he wept over it and said, If you, if you, even you had only known on this day what would bring you peace, but now it is hidden from your eyes. The days will come upon you when your enemies will build an an embankment against you and encircle you and hem you in on every side. They will dash you in the ground, to the ground, you and the children within your walls. They will not leave one stone on another because you did not recognize the time of God's coming to you. Now we move to Matthew chapter 21, verses 18. To 22. This is the, the following day after the triumphal entry that we just read. Early in the morning, as Jesus was on his way back to the city, he was hungry. Seeing a fig tree by the road, he went up to it and found nothing on it except leaves. Then he said to it, may you never bear fruit again. Immediately the tree withered. Then the disciples saw this. They were amazed when they saw this. How did the fig tree wither so quickly, they ask. Jesus replied, truly I tell you, if you have faith and do not doubt, not only can you do what was done to the fig tree, but also you can say to this mountain, go, throw yourself into the sea, and it will be done. If you believe, you will receive whatever you ask for in prayer. There was a multi-million dollar ad that a group of Christian organizations put together during this last Super Bowl in, in February. 
that sought to promote the quote-unquote the real Jesus. Many, many, many probably have seen that. Many of you probably have seen that. And the ad, there's no longer, probably no more than 10 seconds or maybe 15 seconds, ended up with a direct catchphrase that says, He gets us. The ad proceeds to emphasize the humanity of Jesus. The Jesus that can relate to all of our issues. The ad, very short but very concise, painted a picture of Jesus who understands our cry for social justice. Our cries for inclusion, our cries for racism, and on and on it goes, painting Jesus as a human being who was also a, uh, uh, an illegal immigrant somehow, and he, he, he can relate to all of the disenfranchised people in the world, and it ended with a catchphrase, he gets us. Now, while it's true that Jesus gets us, Jesus knew the true plight of humanity. And I want you to listen to me very carefully. That ad was well-intentioned, but it fell short. Way too short. No one doubts that the creator and the ruler of the universe gets us. Nobody doubts that. Even the atheist who refuses to believe in God, if they would believe in God, they know that God gets it. That's not the issue. The issue is do we get him? That's the issue. The gospel was never preached. You spent millions and millions of dollars to say that God gets us. But that's not the point. Do we get them? You're spending millions of dollars anyway. Why not add just one more word? One small six-letter words. And say, he gets us. Repent. You can't preach the gospel. You can't say to people that Jesus gets us without confronting them. About why Jesus came in the first place. He came in the first place because we are doomed to an eternal separation from God in a place called hell. Because we have fallen into sin. Loved ones, that's the gospel. He does get us. But do we get the purpose of his coming? Do we get the the true understanding of what the gospel is. This is nothing new. Jesus faced the same kind of issue more than 2,000 years ago on that first Palm Sunday. That first Palm Sunday that we celebrate today. Jesus entered Jerusalem. And, it, and within the city walls, you saw so many people waving palm leaves, throwing their garments, their blankets, their possessions on the road as Jesus was coming in. They're shouting, save us, save us. That's what the word Hosanna means. Hosanna means save us. We sang three songs, 800 songs. Hosanna means saves us, save us. People are gathered. 
shouting, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Now that's the first group of people. Now there's a second group of people. They're called the religious leaders. While majority of the crowd were celebrating the coming of their quote-unquote Messiah, another group of people, the more influential religious leaders, were getting so upset that, they, that Jesus was getting so much attention. And in fact, they even said to Jesus, Hey, Jesus, stop your disciples from screaming Hosanna. Well, we're supposed to be the ones that they, they're going to look up to for the answers to their needs. We are the righteous people of God. We, we govern the temple. We have the message. Tell your people to stop. Stop focusing on you. Let them focus on us. We hold the key to true righteousness. That's the second group of people. And of course, there are other people there that, that probably didn't care. Now, something interesting happened in the midst of all of that celebration, in the midst of all of that wonderful uh, welcoming that Jesus was receiving from the majority of the people out there. The Bible says that as Jesus entered Jerusalem, what did he do? He wept. He cried. Why did he cry? Because he was looking at the people who were looking for answers. But they completely missed it. They completely missed the point of the coming of Jesus. And that's why Jesus wept. What would you do if people welcome you with all their garments, with all their possessions, waving palm leaves, shouting out your name, blessed are you you who come in the name of the Lord? The idea is to Receive it. The idea is to rejoice. The idea is to absorb all of that. But Jesus cried because like then, like today, so many miss his coming. So many miss the point of the gospel. Miss a celebration. Why did Jesus cry? Well, he cried because they missed the hour of their visitation. They miss what who is in front of them. They miss the very the very thing that they've been crying for all these years. They're under Roman rule. They're looking for a king who will deliver them not only from Rome but will will, will raise their their nation into into the uh, the fame and the power that it used to enjoy. And yet Jesus had a different agenda. That they completely miss. And Jesus saw all of this celebration. Jesus saw all of this excitement and he wept. Why? Because there, were, there was no real joy in the celebration. The rejoicing was misdirected. Something was missing. And that is the joy that comes with truly recognizing who Jesus is. And then the following day, as we just read... As soon as Jesus entered Jerusalem the following day, he saw this fig tree. And he took the opportunity to use that fig tree to illustrate the spiritual condition of the nation. The spiritual condition of the people. He looked at the fig tree and he saw that it was full of leaves. It's green. It seems like it's flourishing. But it didn't have any fruit. And Jesus cursed the fig tree To show his disciples that you can have a manufactured sense of spirituality, but without the fruit of joy of acknowledging who Jesus is, 
all of that facade of a fruitful life means nothing. The crowd was celebrating. They showed all the evidence of believing in Jesus. The religious leaders were also there. They they represented the righteousness of God. They were regarded as the holy and upright people that the, 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 the majority of the nation should adhere to. But neither group had the joy of knowing who Jesus was. Their righteousness was manufactured. Their sense of celebration was fake. And Jesus saw through it. And he wept. There's no real joy. They missed the hour of the coming of their true Messiah. And you know what happened in the end? We all know what happened in the end. Those religious leaders and those people who welcomed him, they conspired together. And by Good Friday, both groups are shouting, crucify him. Prove Jesus right. The amount of celebration he received wasn't real because those people had a false sense, not only of righteousness, but a false sense of faith. Their faith was not accompanied by the joy that comes from recognizing who Jesus is. False conversion is characterized by lack of true joy in Jesus. Our churches are full of fake conversions. You know, I'm a pastor. My my job here is to however many people come in here, my job is to make sure that your conversion is real. That's why it's a waste of time. If you did not have the joy of recognizing who Jesus is, all you have is empty religion. You are a fig tree with a lot of green leaves, but the fruit isn't there. So this is a serious, this Palm Sunday celebration is as serious as it gets. We can't win the world with catchphrases. We need to proclaim who Jesus is. Jesus is the Son of of the living God, the second person in the triune God. We need, people need to hear that. He gets us. Yes. So what? He gets us, therefore repent. John the Baptist, for three and a half years before Jesus entered Jerusalem, preached just that, to prepare the way of the Lord. You know what that preparation was? You know what John the Baptist shouted? In the desert, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. You think after three and a half years of Jesus ministering and preaching and performing miracles, you think they'll get it. No, they didn't get it. That by the time Jesus' mission was over, he was on the cross. But thank God he proved the gospel by the power of his resurrection. This story was recorded in the gospel, recorded by the gospel writers to teach us about the fruits, the fruits of the life of the truly converted. If you're truly converted, these evidences will show up. These evidences will show up in our lives. And that's why it's recorded in the Bible. This entire episode mirrors a life with spirituality but lack the joy to make it real. Our spiritual lives 
must be characterized by the true joy that comes with knowing Jesus. That's true then and that's true now. Those people who welcomed Jesus on that first Palm Sunday, many of those people still exist today in terms of their spiritual act of worship. But without the joy of recognizing who Jesus is, the call of Jesus to repent and be moved to a place of death and to life, to be placed in a place of righteousness from the darkness, of a sinful life until we recognize that that's what brings real joy in our lives, our conversion might be questionable. Do you ever gauge your spiritual vitality? From the scale of 1 to 10, how would you rate your fruitfulness as a follower of Jesus? It's an important question to ask ourselves, not only because it's Palm Sunday, but because it's communion. So you must expect a sermon like this. Amen? Loved ones, you and I can welcome Jesus, but without joy, we will not bear the fruit of the faith that we profess. That fruit is called the joy of knowing Jesus. Don't confuse this joy with the fruit of the Spirit found in Galatians chapter 5. That alludes to the work of the Spirit in a person's life as we walk in the Spirit. This joy that, speak, that Jesus was speaking about is a joy that only He can give us when we recognize Him as our Lord and Savior. It is the ultimate evidence of true faith because it produces true rejoicing in Christ. Not cluttered by all these expectations of what it means to be a Christian and what what God can do for me now that I'm a Christian or what may I expect in a way of blessing, what I may expect from God in a way of protection and guidance and all of those things. God has no problem doing those. But the main thing about our faith in Jesus is the evidence of truly rejoicing for who Jesus is and what he commanded for us to do. How do we get this joy? We don't. It has to be given to us. Given to us by whom? By Jesus himself when we welcome him in our lives. How do we know he is welcomed? The answer is found in John chapter 15. You don't have to turn there. We don't have time. But in John chapter 15, Jesus said these words. He says, remain in me and I will remain in you. And when you remain in me, you will bear much fruit. You will bear much fruit. All the things that come with the joy of knowing Jesus will be produced in our lives. And in John chapter 15 verse 11, Jesus said these words. He says, I have told you this so that my joy, my joy, Jesus' joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. Joy is the ultimate evidence of a fruitful spiritual life. How do we get joy? Jesus gives it to us when we remain in him. And when we do, we are given joy, which makes us live the fruitful life that Jesus says will evidence our faith in him. Without joy, our faith will be shaky at best. We will end up crucifying Jesus over and over again like those people in the first Palm Sunday. Now there are four things 
that joy accomplishes in our lives that will make us fruitful and strong in our faith. There are four things. Okay? Um, they are based on, on this episode uh, in our Palm Sunday reading. Number one, joy denounces futile desires. That's the first evidence that we have joy. We deny, we denounce rather, we denounce the futility of our own personal fleshly desires. Those who welcomed Jesus were rejoicing for the wrong reasons. They were really welcoming Jesus for the kingdom that they want him to establish. Again, let me, let me reiterate this. This is an important historical context. They were under Roman rule. And the people who were welcoming Jesus fully expected that he will dethrone the Romans and put himself in power. They're looking for the establishment of a political kingdom. And they wanted a political leader that's likened to a king. They wanted to replace Rome. They wanted to replace the, the conditions that they were in with a, condition, with, with, with a new kingdom that will elevate their nation into prestige and power once again. But Jesus didn't come with a political kingdom in his agenda. He came to establish the kingdom of God which does not originate from this world. Jesus often said, my kingdom is not of this world. He said it throughout his ministry. And yet by the time he entered Jerusalem, people still didn't get it. They were looking for all of the, the things that they expect for God to do for them. One of the biggest hindrances we face in life that robs us and prevents us from becoming fruitful in our life is that our faith... Uh, is cluttered by our desires to have something that God doesn't intend for us to have. Desires that are not consistent with what God says we ought to desire. To desire. That's the first place we look in our lives. What, what's our desires look like? Our own personal desires. Because it's the biggest hindrance in our fruitfulness, in our walk with God. Prevents us from becoming truly fruitful. And doesn't validate our conversion. Because there are many desires that are not warranted by God, loved ones. Many, many of our desires. Now, not all desires are bad. But not all desires are good. And not all desires are warranted by God. Any desire that glorifies only the physical needs that we have are futile. If the spirit is quenched, there will be no joy. And how do we quench the spirit? We continue desiring things that are contrary to what Jesus wants us to desire. I can give you examples after examples, but I think we instinctively understand that there are things uh, that qualifies as legitimate desires and there are desires in life that are just satisfying the flesh. The people that are welcoming Jesus, they are, they, their desire was to be in a place of power, to be relieved of all the, the suffering that they, uh, that they are going through. That's not necessarily a bad desire. And yet that's not what God intended to have. Any desires that are not helping us at all 
any desires that just perpetuate the habits, the attitudes, the emotions that are bringing us away from God, that are, that are glorifying the flesh, will only lead to futility. One of the biggest reasons why we're powerless against the attacks of the devil and the flesh and the world is because we don't have the true joy that comes with acknowledging what Jesus commanded that we ought to follow, we ought to live by. We lack the joy of the Lord. We love the Lord. We believe in God. But we're not experiencing the true gladness that He gives in our faith because our desires are focused on something else. They're focused on the here and now. We don't ever hardly think about, you know, our, our, our place in heaven. Everything is the here and now. We want satisfaction right here and right now. We have our problems. We want our problems solved right here and right now. We, 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 don't, we don't enjoy uh, trusting God in times of trouble. I'm not asking anyone to invite trouble, but we need to be very realistic about how the kind of world we're living in. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm truly concerned that people come to church because, you know, they have a heavy burden in their heart or because they wanted God to give them a blessing or something like that. No, that all, all those are good motivations. But when we come here on Sunday morning, we come here for two reasons, to offer our hearts to the Lord that we might be transformed and that our worship might be acceptable to Him, that we might worship Him accurately. That's why we're here. You've been listening to Living on the Rock Radio with Pastor Israel Labson, a ministry of Living Rock Christian Church in Sunnyvale, California. If you have been helped by this radio program and would like to keep it on the air, your continued prayerful and financial support is greatly appreciated please visit livingontherockradio.com where all your tax-deductible gifts will go directly to the radio ministry. That's livingontherockradio.com. Living Rock is a church that doesn't care how you are dressed or what candidate you voted for. A church made up of imperfect people from all walks of life with a hunger and thirst to understand God's plan for our lives. No matter what you've been through or what questions you may have about God and faith, you will find love, grace, and hope at Living Rock Christian Church, 675 East Taylor Avenue in Sunnyvale, with Sunday worship starting at 10.30 a.m. More information at livingontherockradio.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.